When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Good morning and welcome everybody here to this Lakers Lowdown. I'm Anthony Irwin. Today on the show, I will be opening up the mailbag, diving into some of your questions. You want to know about Austin Reeves, you want to know about the Lakers record, you want to know about any number of things, so let's go ahead and dive on in. All right, so the first question here uh, comes via the iTunes mailbag, and again, the best way to get your topic covered here on the show is to leave a five-star review on iTunes. Those reviews really help the show grow as it continues to. You guys have been incredible in all of these respects. Um, And, you know, I'll ask for questions on Blue Sky and on uh, threads and on Twitter, obviously. And, And I'll have a couple topics coming from there, too. But the best way, the surest way to get your topic covered is to leave it in the form of a five-star review like this one from Lakers boy. Uh, What's up, Anthony? I feel like the Lakers have been hiring all of Lakers Twitter and making them state-sponsored media. Pete, Darius, Aaron, what's the deal with that? LOL. Aaron literally disagrees with 95% of what you say uh, to back the team slash NBA at large. Oh, and uh, how are you feeling about JHS after Summer League? All right, so... Um, I'm going to be somewhat careful here because like all of those guys are, you know, my friends, so I'm not going to shit on them. There's no need to shit on them either. Um, but it's a smart move by the Lakers. You know, the Lakers realize that there are respected voices out there. Um, and if they can bring those voices in house and, um, have those voices, I, I don't look, here's the thing. Pete, Darius, Mike will never lie to you in their content. They all care about the sport so much that they are going to respect it. They are going to respect their audience. And, you know, that spin is really easy to pick up on when it's offered up. And I think in all of their cases with the LFR show, um, and by the way, it isn't officially a Lakers thing, but, you know, Pete does work for the Lakers. True works for Spectrum, which is a corporate partner of the Lakers. Darius writes for Lakers.com. So I'm not speaking out of hand here in mentioning them. Um, I'm also answering your question directly. But, uh, yeah, I, I with, with all three of those guys, um, it is really smart of the Lakers to go out. And by the way, every team should be doing this. If there's a trusted voice, a respected voice out there, um, teams are wise to bring those voices in. They did the same thing with Kevin Ding before. 
Um, and I, although I haven't seen him produce any content recently, it's been a while, but yeah, in, in the case of LFR and in the case of those three guys, they are hugely respected voices within the Lakers content community. And, um, also they earned those opportunities. Darius was probably the best just straight blogger writer, you know, that, that came out of that, uh, universe, uh, Pete revolutionized. You see so many team film room accounts all over the place because of what Pete brought to the table there. Uh, and, and, and then obviously true is incredible at what he does too. You know, he's a great sideline reporter has developed a great rapport with everybody there within the Lakers community. And that brings in, uh, insight and information to those post-game interviews that you know national interviews don't always bring to the to, to to the table because they don't necessarily have those um relationships with them so i think it can it, it you know it can be quote-unquote state media um and it can also be productive it can also be good content and they make good content that's all it that really should matter um, there, there are going to be some topics that they aren't going to, to, to tackle. There are going to, but there's so much content out there that you can get that from everybody. I, I, I just, I've always like, uh, as this industry has grown, one thing that I've always really kind of pushed back upon or pushed back against is this notion that we're all in direct competition with everybody when the Lakers are good people are going to look for as much Lakers content as they can get their hands on. When the Lakers went on that playoff run, everybody's numbers went up because Lakers fans are going to want to go out and hear all kinds of people say nice things about the team that they root for. And if you can present a unique, nice thing to say about them, then your content is going to do well. And then, you know, on the other, on the other side of that, if the Lakers aren't doing very well, there's value in being able to say that the Lakers aren't doing very well. And and like, that's the thing that I would push back on when people think of the LFR pod as, as just state media, those guys are critical. You know, those guys will say, you know, that, that, you know, a certain player isn't carrying the, the, the weight that they need to carry to, to make the Lakers as successful as they can be. I listen to their pod. It's a really good pod. You know, it's just like sports net uh, spectrum sports nets coverage of the Lakers too. Initially, and like the the infancy of that relationship, yeah, like they they were feel, feeling things out, and there were certain things and certain topics that 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 content wouldn't touch, and it was because of that that a lot of my stuff became as popular as it did because you know people wanted to hear Byron's got criticized and James Worthy wasn't going to hop on there um, with a brand new employer and criticize one of his closer friends, uh, so. Yeah, you know, but over the years, James Worthy is about as hard on the Lakers as anybody. When the Lakers, over the last couple of years, while Russell Westbrook was there, while the Lakers kept falling on their faces, it was a lot of times James Worthy who would hop on the show and be like, this is bullshit. We all need, we <laughs> we all should demand more of the Lakers um, than they're giving us. So, yeah, I, I think uh, I think we are entering an era of state-sponsored media. We see these autobiographical documentaries pop up that are basically just commercials, and I think everybody can kind of see those for what they are at this point. 
and uh, I think at this uh, this week I'm going to be talking to somebody on that on that topic topic topic. <laughs> uh, I'm going to be talking to somebody on on that topic um, and and asking him why he thinks that those aren't resonating the way that they maybe could. And uh, and yeah, I, I just um, look. I, I you guys know this. I love Pete. It's like a brother to me. So I also am not going to be biased in talking about this necessarily. But Pete and I go way back. Darius, uh, you know, gave me one of my first opportunities. Not gave me. I had to email him like thirty-seven times. And True and I um, have been, you know, pretty fairly close. Whatever it for uh, most of the time that I've been in this industry, we were both Vikings fans, so we text about that uh, a ton too. So like I'm, I can't be unbiased when I talk about this. And and look, like you guys. You guys know how I feel about Aaron. I'm not going to hear anything besmirching him. Uh, again, there are some things that he does. There are some boundaries where he says that unnamed cognac is is uh, delicious or whatever. But the fact that we have somebody as close to the Lakers organization as we do, willing to just hop on here and give the insight that he does, is insane. Um, a lot of fan bases don't get that as an opportunity. And I hope that you guys are really understanding of, of how unique that is. Um, and, and, uh, yeah, I, he has said it too, that the game meaning basketball has been too good to him to hop on here and lie. You know, if I'm going on one of my rants about the Lakers or whatever, and talking about how insular they can be and uh, where that might create drawbacks and stuff, he's going to say, you make fine, you make fair points. But he's also going to be fair in his retorts to those points if there are retorts to be made. So um, I think we can, we can acknowledge that there is some, uh, there are some, potential, I'm not even going to call them conflicts of interest, but there are some some relationships that are at play there, professional relationships that are at play there that might sometimes alter the things that are covered. But if you want to listen to those topics covered, there's plenty of other options out there, one of them being the show. And, uh, you know, when the Lakers aren't doing very well, our numbers tend to be a little bit better because there are other shows that won't touch that stuff. And, um, you know, it's just, it's just the nature of the beast and it's good and it's bad. There's so much competition here that I feel bad for younger people who were trying to break into this industry because it's so saturated in Lakers content that it's really difficult to break into. But on the other hand, for, for the sake of like the, the listener and the reader and the viewer, uh, the fan experience, because of how much content there is, it forces us to all be as good as we can possibly be and to continue to try to push ourselves to be better. And uh, that means that Lakers fans out there, I think, can be among the most informed on their team as any. It doesn't mean that you, they won't be biased. Every fan is inherently biased. But in terms of like how educated a, a or informed a, a Laker fan can be, compared to others where there isn't as much competition in coverage of that team, 
it's a pretty cool situation that we have here. So I appreciate the question. I understand where we're trying to go with it, but I love those guys too much to just flat out call them PR or state media. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Next question here comes from M. Christofides. I don't know. Uh, how many games do you see AD playing? Do you think he should be load load managed? What's your predicted win total? Uh, that comes up later as well. Co uh, at Laker fan forever 87 asks, what do you think our record will be next season? So I guess I'll just answer that right off the bat. I predictions are impossible. The Lakers are like a pulled hamstring away from, especially in the division that they're going to be playing in. If AD or LeBron get hurt, the Lakers will probably have a really high draft pick next year because you're playing four games against the toughest division in the league. Um, but if the Lakers get relatively decent health and if Reeves steps up and if Rui steps up and if Vincent is uh, enough of an upgrade, the Lakers could be right there at 48 to like 52 wins in that range, 50 wins or so, probably uh, three or a four seed, I think. Uh, maybe a two. I don't think the Lakers are going to push themselves to to win as many games as they absolutely possibly could because you know LeBron and AD are going to save some juice for the playoffs, as they should. So, yeah, to get to the first part of that, right, you asked about how many games do I think AD will play. I think his goal is to play the, I think it's 65 games that players need to play in order to be eligible for year-end awards, I would probably say that's the goal that AD is shooting for. Uh, and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how many players aim for 65, maybe get an extra tweak in there, and wind up having to either push themselves to get to 65 or just wind up falling short. And I'm really curious to see what everybody's approach to that is going to be. But I think... If AD can play 65 games, sit out, you know, 15 to 17 or whatever, 
Um, and if you get a, a fairly similar number there with LeBron, I think he's probably going to be a little closer to, to 60 would be my guess with LeBron. Um, and then from there, you know, be, this is the nice thing about the way that the Lakers are put together. There is enough depth there, I think, to be able to get by in games where you don't have one of those guys. In games that you don't have either of them, Lakers are going to suck. <laughs> you know, it's going to be really difficult to win in those situations. But in games where they only have one of them, I think the roster is put together well enough and there's enough talent across the roster uh, to be able to win some of those games where you only have one of them. And and I think you could do enough winning to get to about 50 wins on this on the season. I think that that'd be a that'd be a good successful regular season. Random Bias writes, uh, last year, Austin Reeves had a phenomenal season, especially after the trades. My question is, what do you think his ceiling is? He was fourth in true, uh, true shooting percentage among qualified players last year, is a three-level scorer, and is elite at going to the line. With similar efficiency and an increase in volume, I think Reeves could have an all-star game or two in his future. Curious to think what you are curious to know what you think. Thanks as always for the great content. Thank you for the question and thank you for the compliment. I'll, I'll happily take those. But I think I think Reeves can be an above average starter in the NBA. And that would be like my floor of expectations. Uh, everything above that, where you're talking about him being top five to ten at his position, I think is in the realm of possibility. I don't think he'll ever be like in an absolutely elite, you know, top five at his position, one to five. But I think he can be in that five to 10 range, maybe five to 15 range at his position, which makes him above average as a starter in this league. And, uh, you know, a lot of it is going to have to do with the shooting. His, his, uh, shooting in the playoffs was, he was a knockdown shooter. He has seen steady growth in that regard. And his shot is such that, um, you know, there's enough consistency and, and, uh, he, he can replicate that, that shooting motion and the arc and, and the, the backspin on that shot often enough that makes me think he's going to be a, a really good shooter. He's good at the line, which is one of the things that you really look for there. I'm curious what bulking up does to him as a shooter. Um, you know, sometimes guys lose a little bit of range of motion. Like when you watch Dwight Howard shoot and he like can't fully extend his arm on his follow-through and it's because his biceps are so strong that his arms just like won't fully extend i had a i had a buddy in high school who um eventually became a professional you know lifter like world's strongest man kind of thing and he was a football player in high school and everybody thought like uh that he was going to be this incredible future pro kind of athlete but he did so much lifting that he wasn't able to fully extend his arms. And because of that, it made him worse as a blocker, as a football player. And, and shooting is obviously not the same thing as blocking on the edge in football, but you do need your full range of motion to be able to, you know, put your, put the ball on the platter 
and to have like the you know a lot of people i i like to you know come a little further back on my shot um than the 90 degrees but a lot of people you know shooting coaches will teach 90 degree bend at the elbow 90 degree bend at the wrist to kind of make like a a a square or a rectangle trying to bring that into into view right um and and if you get stronger and your range of motion is impacted, then that impacts your ability as a shooter. And I don't think Reeves will ever get that strong. I think that would always be a stretch there. If he does, then whoever is kind of coaching him there would be doing him a dis- a disservice. Uh, but he does need to get stronger. He, you know, defensively, he can sometimes get kind of bodied a little bit. Uh, and offensively, he is really good at getting to the line, but in the playoffs, we did start to see him at times get a little out physical. And, you know, the, remember the very first playoff game that he played, I was like, Oh no, <laughs> made me really nervous. Cause he does, you know, really rely on getting to the free throw line to, to, you know, to kind of help his production offensively. And if, he was just one of those grifter players that didn't play well in the playoffs. I was just like, no, please not this guy. I really like his game. Um, but to his credit grew from that experience learned and was uh, one of, I, 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 I don't think it's a stretch at all to say he was the third best Laker during the playoffs over the course of, of the, the, the run that they had. And if, you're the third best player on a team that got to the Western conference finals. That means you're an above average player at your position. And if you're above average starter at your position, that means you're anywhere from one to 15 in the league. And I I think, you know, from there, if I'm just setting his ceiling, I could see him being a top five to 10 player at his position. And I think given where he started, where he, you know, came into the league, that's an incredible accomplishment. So, um, I again, it's going to be the shooting. It's going to be the defense. We need to see what he's capable of spending more time on the ball over the course of a regular season or a full season. Now that teams have the scouting report on him, that's also going to be interesting to see how he counters the way that teams defend him. And, and then also, look, the, the, the league apparently is going to be trying to crack down on the uh, on, on the grifting and on on getting to the to the free throw line through insurance fraud, and he does participate in some of that. So, um, how he adjusts to the way that he gets refereed is also going to be really interesting. I I have full faith though that will be he'll be able to handle that situation quite well. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. 
Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Uh, all right. So last iTunes question here is Viva Exceptionalism writes, I listen to almost Laker, almost all Lakers podcasts and yours is by far, by far my favorite a great mix of content and entertainment. You and Harrison should take your show on the road. Thanks so much, but no pineapple on, pineapple on pizza ever. We were this close to like the perfect <laughs> comment. Quick question. Do you think expiring contracts have more, less, or the same value under the new CBA as uh, they did under the old one? My guess is less, but it's just a guess. Thanks. I do, however, miss your have a great day. Make somebody else's sign off. We need more people to do that. Uh, Lakers OG. I could bring that back. We could do that. All right. So, um, man, that's a long time listener if you're doing that. Uh, all right. So the, the, the question about the, um, the, the CBA and the impact on expiring contracts. I thought coming into this offseason that expiring contracts were going to be more valuable as teams try to align themselves for incoming tax structures that were going to be a lot more punitive than in years past. Um, it turns out they actually went a step further than that. And cap space was a lot more valuable than in years past as teams paid rent to other teams to take those bad contracts and, and gave up assets to those teams that took bad contracts into their cap space and, um, you know, I thought and we'll see what the trade deadline looks like and we'll kind of see what package winds up landing Damian Lillard and what package it takes to land James Harden and all of that stuff. But uh, as of right now, I think I, I think I agree that uh, expiring contracts are worth a little bit less in this CBA than they were before that can change like we saw it was funny i got some shit for saying after the Rui trade that i thought that the market might be kind of resetting itself um turns out i was right but i remember you know watching that because i just thought it was just not sustainable that rudy gobert was going to be the the baseline for what it's going to cost to get anybody with any talent and it's going to cost 73 first rounders i i think like in the case of okc they're going to wind up paying more than most teams because they have the money to be able to do so not the money but the the the, the assets to be able to do so but um it, in general i i do think the 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 market has recovered after the summer of gobert and and mitchell um i i would be kind of surprised i i you know, just as I say that uh, the the expiring contracts are worth a little bit less, I think first round picks and early second round picks are going to be really valuable in this next CBA because in both of those cases, those are cost controlled players that uh, you could sign to you know nice and lengthy contracts at a nice low number, and I I think that like it's going to take a lot to like what moving a first round pick from non OKC teams, you're going to be getting an impact player for that first round pick. 
And in the case of, you know, one thing to really watch for too with picks is early second rounders being actually worth more than late first rounders. That's going to be really interesting to watch how that dynamic plays out. We saw with the Celtics, they traded out of the first round to get into the early second round. And I think that's kind of what we're going to start seeing moving forward as now you can give second rounders like that extra year without having to dip into your exception money. So uh, I think draft picks, the, the, the price on those has gone way up. Expiring contracts has gone slightly down. And because this market is in and, and all markets are always going to be very dynamic, uh, we could see that change very quickly. And I, I think it's all going to start with the return on Dame. That's the thing to watch for is the return on Dame, the return on Harden, and the return on whatever star asks out next. Uh, Donovan Mitchell comes to mind. And as uh, as those teams kind of figure this out, and as everybody just kind of, you know, walks this dark trail with a faulty flashlight together, uh, these these things are going to be very shifting, very dynamic, and 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 what we think these things are worth right now might not be worth the same uh, a month from now. All right, last question here comes from Hunter Heffing on Twitter. Uh, left a review, but don't know if it will go through in time for the pod. It did not, so I'll keep an eye out for that. Uh, another question I'm curious for your op- opinion is, which team do you think will underperform the most next year? You mentioned the Suns' volatility and that Sacramento might be the worst in the division next season. So Sacramento had crazy injury luck last year. Um, now, part of that, part of the way that we look at that statistically is that DeMontis Sabonis just like played through a broken hand. So maybe that number is somewhat fudged, but everything went about as well as it could for Sacramento. And they had the season that you would expect you would hope to have if everything goes well in that regard. Do I think that's replicable? I don't know. The Clippers are interesting. I I, I know I, I'm lower on the Suns than most because I just think they overloaded on offense. And I think, you know, when enough people are healthy, they're going to be overwhelming enough in the regular season to make that work. But I just don't trust them to stay healthy. And I don't know, like when you have three stars and you're built out the way that they are built out because they have the three stars, it makes it really difficult to overcome any kind of injuries, especially if it's to eight to, to Katie or to Booker, be a less so. And, and, and Aiton, like if Aiton gets hurt or if Aiton and Londale or no, they don't even have Landale anymore. Um, but if Aiton gets hurt, that's their only rim protection with that starting group. And what does that look like? So, uh, the Suns, I think are the team that I I'm, I'm probably going to wind up shorting. Um, I think I'll probably take the under on the win total for them this season. The Clippers. The Clippers feel like a rock band that everybody knows probably should have split up like two tours ago. And and I think the only reason that they haven't been split up is that Balmer knows he has this arena that he is about to open up in the next couple of years. And he wants as much star power to open that up as he can possibly have. 
And if you move Paul George, you aren't likely getting a star in return for him. And, um, you know, I, I would love to see a, a Paul George for Dame trade. It would probably be like Dame and some stuff for Paul George, but I would love to see what that would look like. Um, it, it accomplishes a lot for both teams and we'll see, but you know, it does kind of look like Harden is going to wind up being a clipper. And if so, like, I don't trust Kawhi to stay healthy all year. If Harden comes into this year, you know, out of shape intentionally to mess things up for Philly and make things so uncomfortable, we saw what that did to him in Brooklyn, where he tried to get into shape over the course of the season and he wound up getting hurt as a result of it. So if he winds up, you know, doing the same kind of thing and he gets hurt and then, you know, Kawhi misses the 20 or 30 games that, you know, he's going to miss. And then if Paul George gets hurt, hurt, gets hurt again, and now you don't have the depth that you need to overcome it because you're playing with the three-star model, then things could get ugly quickly for the Clippers. So, um, you know, I, I like where the Lakers stand in this division. I think they are the least volatile team of everybody in, in, in that group. Uh, the Warriors are going to be trying to make it work with, with Chris Paul. And we got to see what Dame look or not Dame, uh, what clay looks like. So I think the Lakers are probably the least volatile. They have one of the lower ceilings, I think in the regular season, but I think they have one of the higher floors in the conference. And I think that's really valuable. Um, given, you know, what it looks like around the rest of the division. So, um, yeah, I, I don't think the Pacific division is going to offer up five playoff teams again and whoever falls out of that group and isn't a playoff team is probably going to do a lot more losing than you would anticipate. And those super volatile teams, uh, really make me nervous in this division. So I, I kind of like that the Lakers are are a little bit more conservative and, you know, they just seem steadier heading into the year. And and that, I think, positions them well to, you know, just kind of stay afloat as the other teams just kind of ride crazier roller coasters. All right. That is going to do it here for this episode of the Lakers Lowdown. Thank you, everybody, for your questions. Again, if you have a question, if you have a topic that you want covered, leave it in the form of a five-star review on iTunes, and I guarantee I am going to be getting to that. It can be on anything. It could be on basketball. By the time you guys are listening to this, it's the last day of July. So ask me about anything. Not just like, you could talk to me about Lakers history. You could talk to me about my own history. You could talk to me about fatherhood and pop culture and stuff. I love talking about all of it. So uh, again, in the form of a five-star review on iTunes is the best way to guarantee that uh, we, we, we cover that topic. Uh, you can reply to tweets or threads or whatever we're calling what you send on Blue Sky that I probably shouldn't say on a public forum. <laughs> Uh, and, and I'll, I'll try to get to as many of those questions as I can, but you know, those are always kind of hit and miss. So yeah, thank you everybody for, uh, helping me put this pod together. Uh, fun, fun week ahead as I have some guests lined up that I'm really looking forward to talking to. So make sure you subscribe everywhere that you find your podcasts 
and you subscribe on YouTube if you want to watch us talk about that stuff generally live. And, uh, and yeah, have a great rest of your day. Make somebody else's, and I'll talk to you tomorrow.